0: Hello and welcome to the fit cookie nutrition podcast. My name is Holly Samuel and I am a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer. And my goal with this podcast is to empower you with nutrition and exercise knowledge from various health and wellness experts and everyday runners to become the best strongest fastest fit cookie version of yourself that you can be. Are you ready? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Holly Samuel, and I am super excited to talk about today's topic, which is three mindset tricks for your next hard run. (laughs) And if any of you know or have run in the past, you know that running is such a mental sport. I think a lot of sports are mental, but running's one that's just so repetitive. (laughs) You're usually just by yourself, and sometimes you really have to dig deep in order to get the job done especially if you have a goal. So there's been some research on this topic. And in terms of what they've found, there's kind of the old saying of running is 90% a mental sport and 10% physical training, which if you you think about that, um, it's really a mental sport. You know, 90% is almost the whole thing. So I think while many of us have the ability to run, and if we are training and following you know, a specific plan in order to achieve or accomplish a goal in terms of like time or performance, you know, we probably have what it takes to, to get across that finish line physically, but mentally, a lot of the times we can hold ourselves back and be our own worst enemy. So that's what I wanted to talk about on today's podcast to give you some tips and tricks to get through your next hard effort, maybe get through um, like a race or a, or a goal marathon, something like that. I know I'm recording this in August of 2020, and there pretty much are no um, public races on the books for the most part in the country right now due to the lovely pandemic that we're all experiencing. But I figured this would be extra you know, helpful to have for those of you who are running virtual races this fall or maybe doing some very difficult things all by yourself out there. So I think the, you know, a lot of us really enjoy races because we can pull from the energy and the adrenaline of the day. You know, you're surrounded by so many people, you get to wear fancy clothes and a bib, there's announcers, there's a big clock and there's a lot to distract you in the moment. But if you're just running around your, your home stomping grounds by yourself, you know, that might not be the case, and you might have to draw a lot more on your mental energy. So I wanted to dive in today, and I know that, you know, while this podcast, the Fit Cooking Nutrition Podcast, is primarily going to involve nutrition and training content to help runners and athletes, um, you know, I'm a dietitian and personal trainer, so <laughs> that stuff is really important to me. The mental game's huge um, in any individual, especially if you're an athlete, and it really, really affects everything that we do. So if there's anything I've learned with working in practice with my um, clients at Fit Cookie Nutrition, my virtual practice is that um, it's rarely about (laughs) what we do. It's more about why we do it. And, you know, kind of I'm a huge proponent for behavior change and making sure that, you know, we're doing things out of a healthy place and making you mentally tough as well. So let's dive into some uh, research and also these three mindset tricks that I'll run down for you, pun intended. <laughs> so it's estimated that the average adult makes about 35,000 decisions per day. And that's one of the reasons why I'm a huge proponent for the mental game, <laughs> even as a dietitian and trainer, because if we're all making 35,000 decisions per day, You know, I think a lot of us are really hard on ourselves and think that we lack willpower, but that's not really the case. You have willpower, you have the will to do whatever you want. But I think what happens to a lot of us is that we get decision fatigue because 35,000 decisions in one day, guys, is exhausting, especially in today's day and age where no one can really plan for the future right now. So, you know, we're we're talking about what to eat, what to wear, what to buy, you know, yellow lights if you're driving, what to say, you know, and, and doing all of those decision making throughout the day without even thinking twice about some things, while other things may really weigh a lot on your mind. So when it comes to running, you know, running's really hard. It's estimated that about half a percent, so 0.5% of people in the United States have finished a marathon. That's like barely anybody, if you think of it, in the grand scheme of things. So if you're doing this running thing, and maybe you're not running marathons, but you're running 5Ks, you're trying to do the mile, maybe a half marathon, or you're just running for fun, you know, any running at all, a lot of us aren't doing that. And if you're training for marathons, pretty much no one's doing that in the US. So running's hard. The reason for that is because it's hard. That's why not that many people are doing it. So if you're getting decision fatigue just as a regular adult, you know, imagine the decision fatigue you're going to get from being a runner, you know, at mile 18 of a marathon. (laughs) So, you know, if our brain's already so tired and it has to choose between running or, you know, like one more step just for fun, because, you know, a lot of you probably are not pro athletes. We're doing this for fun. (laughs) Um, You know, if your brain has to choose between running one more step for fun versus stopping, Of course, it's going to be easier to stop. It's going to be easier to stop every time. It's supposed to be hard. So, I think reminding yourself of that for one can be helpful. But if you've ever stood at the start line before a hard effort, you can easily psych yourself out of even trying to accomplish your goals before you take a single step. So, I don't know about any of you. I'm just going to speak from personal experience here. But have you ever, you know, seen like a workout on your schedule? Maybe it's Yasso's, like Yasso 800s, or maybe it's a tempo run, or maybe it's your first, you know, double-digit long run, or maybe, you know, it's a race on the calendar, a time trial, or maybe it's just, you know, going to (laughs) be a hard week and you're dreading every run. Um, We've all been there. so. I don't know about you, but if you've seen that workout on your calendar or you're planning for something, a lot of the times you can have that self-doubt, that anxiety and really psych yourself out to make yourself think that you can't possibly do that without even trying. <laughs> and what's really really significant about this guys is that you know, you're quitting, you're quitting before you've even tried and whether you think, you know, whether you tell yourself that you can or you cannot, you're right. So what I want to talk about in this podcast episode is how to tell yourself you can and how to get a little bit more intentional and better and trained at, you know, arriving at that decision first versus, oh, I can't do that. That's too hard. Because it's really easy for our brains to go to, oh, I can't possibly. Because like I said, running's hard. Not a lot of people are doing this because it's hard. And also you're doing this for fun. (laughs) That's a good mantra. Hey, I'm doing this for fun. So have fun. So not to mention that our mindsets (laughs) at mile, you know, 16 of a long run versus mile one can be totally different as well. So, you know, maybe you start that really hard tempo run on your schedule. I know that's one that always kind of triggers my anxiety. So I see like a six mile tempo run at threshold pace. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Because a lot of the times too, as runners, we're trying to push ourselves past our own limits. We're trying to do things that we've never done before. So of course, that's going to be hard because you don't know what that's like. You've never done it before. So in terms of, you know, Tempo runs, my example, getting back to that. So, you know, I might say, oh, gosh, you know, I've never done that before. That's going to be really hard. Or maybe I've done a little bit of that before. So I know what the pain feels like. And pain is a learned behavior. So it's really easy for us to remember that, oh, pain stinks. I don't want to experience that again why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> um, you know, we all sign up for races thinking this is going to be so great and so fun. Oh my gosh, look at me go. And then you're like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, at week 12 out of 16 of training. <laughs> so, and marathons, you know, or long distance runs, oftentimes, once you get started on that tempo run, for example, your mindset's going to change a little bit because you're in it. And again, you can psych yourself out before you've even taken a step. So it's important to work on what you're thinking about before the run. But once you get started, that's what I want to talk about today. So if you do long distance runs, something that you will understand with experience is that in marathons, we really need to ride the wave, (laughs) so to speak, because when something feels bad, it's really easy to focus on that let it derail you, maybe get overwhelmed because you just have so far to go and it's crazy. <laughs> but miles in a really long run or even a short run can really ebb and flow. So I think a lot of us when we start running, you know, we go out on that like 20 minute run, maybe it's even like run walk intervals and we're like, wow, you know, that was, uh, that was great. I did that, you know, once you start to practice and get a little bit better at it. And then once we start doing longer runs, I think a lot of us, you know, get stuck. I know this is myself, at least in the mindset of, all right, I know the first mile or two are going to feel like maybe a little crunchy, like I'm just warming up, like I'm not going to feel super great, but then it should probably get better. Like I'll get into a groove and I'll be, you know, that much closer to the finish line and it'll get better. So there's that piece of it. Then there's the other piece where maybe you start a run and it doesn't feel great and then it just continues to feel crappy, you know, part of my French, until the end of the run and you're like, well, that was just a bad run. (laughs) So, you know, and of course, I think why most of us run is that you have those runs where it feels amazing from start to finish. And those are what I like to call the unicorn runs because we are always chasing them but they're super rare. <laughs> um, we like the way they make us feel, but again, they're super rare because running's really hard and a lot of it is mental. And most of us aren't 100% on our mental game all of the time. So those mindsets can be challenging when you then go to run something that's longer, like a half marathon, a marathon, an ultra marathon, or even a triathlon distance that takes you know a long time to complete like half Ironman or Ironman because in long efforts the miles guys like they're all going to feel different. You might be at mile 14 of a marathon feeling freaking awesome because you're like you're more than halfway there, you feel great, it's amazing and then all of a sudden at mile 15 You could feel like in the depths of despair, you could feel terrible wondering what the heck happened because you just felt great. And where did that feeling go? And also, oh my gosh, I have like nine, you know, 11 can't do math. I have 11 miles to go. How am I going to do this? Because I feel bad. And I know that if I feel bad now, I'm just going to probably continue to feel bad, but understand. And I think those of you who have done multiple distance races or at least multiple distance runs will know this. But for those of you who haven't, or for those of you who need the reminder, understand that if you start to feel bad at mile 15 or just a random mile in the marathon, it doesn't mean you're going to feel bad at mile 16. And marathons are tricky that way (laughs) because, you know, we're so used to thinking once I start to feel good or bad, that's just going to continue. But that's not really the case. So let's get into that a little bit before I focus on these three tips. So miles really ebb and flow in the marathon or the half marathon or any run. So you have to really get good at running the mile you're currently in and being in the present. I I think a lot of us are not good at that. I know I'm not good at that. (laughs) And know that the next mile could be totally different for better or for worse. So don't even focus on the future because it hasn't happened yet. Run the mile you're in and focus on what you can control again. I know this is easier said than done. And if you're listening to this on the run, you know, we're probably about 15 minutes in. You're still feeling pretty good. (laughs) So remember this for later, and we'll go over that for sure. So know that how you react to each mile is entirely up to you. You know, your initial reaction might be hard to control, but then you're able to control those second and third reactions and what your plan is to continue because I know most of you, if you're running a race or if you're running a workout, you want more than anything to complete that race or workout with flying colors. <laughs> I know you runners, you're very type A, you like to achieve goals. I am the same way. So let's get right into these three mindset tips that can help you with this. So the first one I want to talk about, number one, is mantras and keywords. So I'm just going to read through a couple of different sample mantras or keywords that have either worked for myself, my friends, my clients, my peers that I've looked up on the internet, heard pro athletes use, and talk a little bit about why these can be very helpful and when and how and where to use them. So these can be things that you're thinking about through your training cycle so that you have a couple of ideas for what to use during hard efforts or on race day. I like to journal them and write them down, too, so that you can see it visually in your head. I'm a very visual person, so I like to do that. You can put it on a sticky note and put it on your bathroom mirror, whatever works for you. Put it as your background on your phone with a cute picture, you know, whatever. (laughs) But here's a couple samples. Run the mile you're in. How bad do you want it? Which is a great book by Matt Fitzgerald, by the way. (laughs) You can do hard things. Mind over matter. I am strong. I am capable. I am powerful. Grit. You can think about a specific family member, a spouse, or friend's names that you could be running for who inspire you. I trained for this. I got this. That's one of my favorites. Holly or whatever your name is, talk to yourself in third person. You're crushing it. You're doing great. Resilient patience and i am in control another good thing thing to think about in terms of mantras is before your goal race or your hard effort pick an a a b and a c goal so your first goal should be like if the stars align everything goes amazing you know <laughs> perfect day best possible outcome and that could be a time that could be a feeling, that could be, you know, whatever you want that to be. I know for a lot of my athletes, it's a time. It's, I want to qualify for Boston by running a sub 330 marathon, <laughs> or I want a PR because I think I can by at least five minutes, or I want to feel amazing at the finish line, or I want to negative split the race. So I want to finish it faster than I started it. Your B goal should be, What's probably likely to happen that day? (laughs) So maybe your training, you know, didn't go super as planned. So you're hoping to PR, but you're a little uncertain about how much that could be because your training hasn't necessarily shown you what you're capable of. And that doesn't mean that you're not capable of amazing things. It just means it's harder to predict, especially mentally. Or it could just be, you know, I really wanted to complete this race because it was like a bucket list race. So I just want to have fun. Your seagull should be kind of what you fall back on if like things are not going as planned and it's beyond your control. So maybe the weather forecast is showing, you know, really high heat or crazy wind or like a you know, a snow hurricane like at Boston a couple of years ago. Or maybe, you know, your fueling strategy has gone really well thus far, but for some reason on race day, you know, you're needing bathrooms, you're not feeling super great, and it's really affecting your performance. Or maybe you dropped your fuel and you've lost it and you don't have any and you're going to run out. So the seagull can be, okay, you know what? I would be happy finishing, you know, a four hour and 20 minute marathon, even though I originally wanted to break four hours. Or it could be, you know, I just want to finish with a smile on my face. Or I just want to finish. <laughs> it should be something that you can still be happy with and trick your mind into think, like you know wanting to achieve that goal in the moment of the race, but it's not your A goal or your B goal. So flexibility is really helpful too to have as a mantra if things aren't going the way you want them to go. Q words. So Q words are really words that tend to park negative thoughts that come up in your head. So for example, this is something that happens to me often. You know, I'll be in a marathon, for example, and I'll be at mile three and I'll start thinking about mile 20. <laughs> and when I find that starting to happen, which basically means, okay, I'm going to start thinking about how like long I still have to run or what mile 20 is going to feel like. A keyword is something that I can just think of when I start to think that negative thought. So this is like a trained practice reaction to Basically, stop that negative thought in its tracks, park it, put it away, don't think about it again if you can. (laughs) So these can be different keyword examples. For mine, basically, it's patience or don't you dare think about that yet. (laughs) Um, So they can be as positive or, you know, stern as you need them to be depending on how well you know yourself. Other examples, breathe, strong, fast, swift, go. Wait, smile. Um, or no. <laughs> Smile's a really good one, too, because if you think smile and you do try and physically, you know, try to smile, studies show that it tends to negate the pain you might be in because we can't be in as much pain when we're smiling. So maybe you're thinking of your dog <laughs> or your significant other, or something like that. The big margarita you're gonna have at the finish line. So mantras and keywords, how to use them. So basically, you know, I think just having a couple of these in your back pocket throughout training and practicing using them when it gets tough, because chances are it's going to get tough in training if you're training for a race or a hard effort, because running is hard, like I said, and it's 90% mental. So practice them and really kind of focus on that mental control. Maybe write them down so that you have them visualized somewhere. And have a couple because you might be you know, at mile 20 of a marathon and think, okay, this sucks, mantra word, resilient. You know what? I don't feel resilient right now. That one's not working. Run the mile you're in. That sounds better. I'm going to focus on that. So have a couple. It's okay if like, you think of one and it's just not doing it for you. <laughs> that happens to everybody. So let's go into number two. So number two of the three tips is to focus on what does not hurt and also what is going well perfecting your form, things that are going to bring you back to the present moment. Because like I said, I think a lot of us runners, people who tend to be type A personalities, planners, we're not good at being in the present. So these are all little tricks to bring you back to the present. So focusing on what doesn't hurt. This is this is one that I actually heard from a blog um, that I used to read. I still read it actually called The Hungry Runner Girl uh, with Janae. A lot of you might've heard of her. If you haven't go look, she still blogs. She's an awesome runner, lots of great mental tips. But anyway, so focus on what doesn't hurt. That could be your elbows. (laughs) That could be your nose. It could be, you know, your like belly button. It could be your eyes, your ears. It might be something ridiculous because if any of you have completed long runs or run at all, you'll know that running hurts. (laughs) It's very repetitive And, you know, at the end of a marathon, your entire body is going to hurt. I remember at the end of the Chicago marathon, I mean, the bottoms of my feet hurt, probably because I need a new shoe soon. Um, You know, my abs hurt, my chest hurt, my shoulders hurt. You're just, you're, you're doing something so repetitive for such a long time. It's normal for like everything to hurt. And what you'll notice too in marathons is that if you have like a little maybe injury um, that you've been fighting throughout training or, you know, maybe you feel a blister coming on or there's something on you that tends to hurt more than the rest of your body. Something that's really interesting is that you might find later in that marathon, you don't even notice that anymore because just everything hurts. (laughs) So for example, I remember at the end of one of the Philadelphia marathons, I ran. So I had remembered that I was starting to focus on what I thought was like a blister developing on my big toe at mile like eight. So very early in the race, which I was like, not super pleased with. And I was like, wow, that really, that really hurts. Like, should I stop and try and like fix it somehow? I don't even know how I would do that. You know, what should I do to remedy this situation? By mile 14, everything else hurt so bad that I forgot about the blister completely. And once I got home and I took my shoe off and looked at the blister, it was massive. So the fact that I forgot about that was insane. So pain is really powerful and it impacts a lot of what we're thinking during the race. So if you can focus on what doesn't hurt, that can be helpful. Other things to think about your form. So these can also be in the form of Q words. So if you find yourself thinking a negative thought, maybe something form-related could be a Q word like knee drive or pump your arms or keep your core engaged, posture. Another one I really like to think about is if you make an L with your hand and you put your pointer finger underneath your chin and your thumb on your chest You know, in the shape of an L, that's a good way to bring your um, head up so that your neck is elongated and you're uh, practicing better posture. So these can just all be little checkpoints. And for some of you, you might be able to use this and it like, it makes you happy and gives you something else to think about for like, a whole mile. And for others, it might like give you something to think about for two minutes. But if it gets your mind off of the pain or anything negative for two minutes, it was successful. (laughs) So we're kind of using anything that we can, you know, to get you moving forward. That's another good mantra, by the way, keep moving forward, even if you have to crawl. Another thing I like to think about just in my experience, listening to different stories, talking to different runners, is that People are really capable of amazing things. Um, I'm not advocating or a proponent for you running through injury like stop if it's really really a problem um, and go take care of yourself. but know that there's people who you know run without limbs, people who run on fractures, people who are running from animals or for their lives and you know these really incredible stories so, You know, sometimes too, just me thinking of those people when I'm just in like a normal kind of marathon pain (laughs) or a normal kind of long run pain or just not feeling it mentally can really help me have some perspective. So those things can definitely help bring you back to the present. Another thing I like to do or tell my athletes to do is to pick a point and run to it. So if you're like running on your own or maybe, you know, you're running, Um, like not on the treadmill, you're running outside, you can pick a visual and just say, okay, I just have to focus on running to that tree or that mailbox. So if like run the mile you're in um, doesn't speak to you very well because a mile just feels like it's too long (laughs) and you're really mentally tired and physically tired, maybe focus on, okay, you know, instead of running a quarter mile, think of, I just need to run to that mailbox. That can really help break the long run up And also, you know, just again, distract you for a couple of seconds to keep you moving forward and keep you in the present. Another thing that can be helpful in a place where you are in a race and you are with other people is to pick off people. And that probably sounds like kind of harsh and competitive but it's it's helpful especially if you are competitive you know pick people on the course and reel them in so pick a person try to run to them pass them and then pick another person try to run to them and then pass them if you've trained well you hopefully are finishing the race faster than you started and hopefully you're able to do this, but a lot of people, and even if this is you, that's okay, just keep moving forward. But a lot of people are going to slow down at the end of something like a marathon or at the end of a half marathon, or even if you're me, a 5K, because 5Ks are hard. <laughs> um, so picking off those people that have slowed down significantly and reeling them in, you know, visually, that can be helpful too, to help you focus and keep you moving forward. So the third tip that I want to mention is focusing on the task at hand and chunking up the run and envision yourself doing these things really well. So envisioning yourself doing something um, positively that you want to accomplish is a really powerful tool. Those visualizations um, have been very well researched in sports psychology. How Bad Do You Want It? And also 26 Marathons um, are both really great books. Um, How Bad Do You Want It? by um, Matt Fitzgerald. Wow, I can't talk. Sorry. (laughs) And um, 26 Marathons by Meb Kifleski are really good ones that talk about this. Um, So focusing on the task at hand. So this could be your fueling strategy. This could be, you know, I am trying to think about you know, how I need to accomplish my race plan. So maybe your coach, whether that's me or someone else has given you some paces to hit, you know, or things to think about, like, okay, start really slow, and then maintain through this amount of time at this pace. And you're just trying to think about that. And that's going to bring you back to that present moment as well. Something I do for my athletes and my clients, because I'm a dietitian, is I will help them create their fueling plan. So What I really like to do, you know, ethically, it's supposed to be done by time because everybody's going to run miles in different amounts of time. But depending on the person and what their needs are, I really do like to... Put like, you know, take fuel or take high, like take water at specific mile marker so that it's something to think about when you hit that mile marker, you can start doing it. You've probably completed doing it by the quarter mile marker, and then you only have a little bit left to go until you have to do that again. <laughs> um, I really like doing that for my athletes. It helps break up the run a little bit more. Also too, if you are in a real race, there's going to be aid stations. So maybe you're breaking up the race by aid station. And instead of run the mile you're in, you're just going to run to the next aid station (laughs) and worry about, you know, whatever problem you're having at that aid station. Something too that can be helpful is a lot, you know, if you feel like you really want to walk, try and pick a point in the future where you're going to allow yourself to walk if you feel like you're any worse than you currently are. So if you're at mile 18 of a marathon, The next aid station is at mile 19 and a half. And at mile 18, you're feeling like, what happened? I feel awful. Oh my gosh, I should walk. I don't know what's going on. You're like kind of panicking. Try and think if everything's, you know, truly okay. Try and think, you know what? I'm okay. I'm going to try and walk at the next aid station when I'm taking my water and my fuel that I know I'm supposed to take at that aid station. Then I can walk. And then you might get to that aid station and you might find, you know what? You know what? I still feel really bad, but I don't feel worse. I'm just going to keep running. But at the next aid station, I'm allowed to walk. So you see how that keeps you moving forward. Those can be helpful tips as well. And of course, if you do have to walk through an aid station or walk at all, that's fine. You're not a failure. (laughs) You're still moving forward. So think about... I think it can be helpful to think about a point again, like I'm going to walk to that tree, but then I have to start running again. It's a non negotiable because that's going to keep you from, you know, really backtracking and that lactic acid and that soreness from sinking in. So, those can be helpful things. Another thing I tell my athletes so, if you're holding like a handheld water bottle on a long run or even during a race, it can be helpful just mentally and physically, honestly to switch hands, um, of what, what hand you're holding that bottle with every mile or every two miles, whatever makes sense to you so that your shoulders are getting like an even amount of work. So you're not lopsided the whole time, but also it's a good mile. It's a good mile marker trick. So, okay. At mile five, I can switch my water bottle. And then at mile six, I can take my fuel. And then at mile seven, I'm going to switch the water bottle back so that you have something to look forward to. Um, that's going to help with discomfort as well and help and help keep you in the present moment. So other things to think about that can help you focus on the task at hand or chunk up the run. So something I like to think about for my long runs or any run, honestly. So if a 16-mile long run sounds just so long to you and you're really intimidated by that, usually if you're to the point where you're running 16 miles, breaking it up into four Four mile runs is going to sound a lot better (laughs) than running 16 miles. Now, I know some of you might be thinking four, four mile runs, Holly, also sounds terrible. (laughs) But usually, if you're to the point in marathon training where you're doing 16 mile long runs, four, four mile runs sounds like a walk in the park. So that's one tactic. I also like to visually chunk races. So if you know the route you're going to run either on your long run or during your virtual race or a real race too, and you kind of know some of the markers, you can kind of think, okay, the first chunk that I can kind of celebrate as I pass that finish line is, you know, from my house to the school that's six miles away. And then the second chunk is going to be from the school to the grocery store that's, you know, five miles away. And then I'm going to turn around and backtrack that chunk. And then all I have to do is run home. So you see how chunking it can definitely be helpful mentally because it keeps you out of, oh, I'm only at mile three out of like 12. That sounds terrible. Or... You know, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have that entire way to go back. Just chunk it up and celebrate those small victories so that you feel like you're reeling in that finish line. Another thing that can be really helpful so, for your virtual runs, for my virtual racers this fall, pick your route and visualize it. So, what can be helpful too is if there's like a point, if you're going to do like a loop course or an out and back, if there's a point to you that seems like not so far away or like no big deal because you've done it a bazillion times in training, use that and do it multiple times because each time you're going to think, okay, all I have to do is run to the school and back. No big deal. That can be helpful too mentally. Also though, beware that sometimes our feelings can change throughout the race. So if you know, that run to the school and back at first seemed like no big deal, but now it seems like the worst thing ever. You know, that's okay. Maybe try a different route, have backup strategies mentally. So other things to think about in terms of focusing on the task at hand, chunking up your run and envisioning yourself doing this really well, especially if you're like on a virtual race course or if you're by yourself and you can't necessarily just draw energy from the crowd because there is no crowd (laughs) is, Dedicate um, each mile to a person or a cause and think about that person or cause the entire mile and then switch, (laughs) kind of like a chapter of a book. It's gonna help keep you distracted enough so that you're not thinking about the task at hand, but it's gonna keep you in the present moment and moving forward like we keep talking about. So that's a really good um, strategy as well. Other things you can think about are like counting games. Um, So this is another one that I heard I think from the same blog actually, um, from the Hungry Runner Girl blog, count. So start counting your steps. Start counting the dogs you see. <laughs> start counting how many times you see a person in a red shirt. Whatever you know sounds doable to you at the time, depending on the mindset that you're in. So sometimes just counting your steps, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and you know maybe you lose count and you start over. That can keep you moving forward as well. Another thing that I've seen um, a lot of runners do and that, you know, I've done myself, maybe you have too, is make post-race or post-run plans. (laughs) You know, think about what you want to do after or think about, you know, if you have a fueling strategy, what the task at hand might be or, you know, what restaurant you want to go to to celebrate if you can do that. Those things also can help keep you moving forward and distract you for that amount of time that you need to get out of that negative mindset. So I hope that these three tips have helped you. Um, I know we stuck quite a bit into this episode, but I know a lot of people are probably in the depths of their training for marathons or half marathons or different races or goals that are no longer happening in person. (laughs) And a lot of you are trying to do things virtually on your own. And I think when you have something really exciting on your, on your calendar, um, like the Chicago Marathon or the Boston Marathon or, you know, a Ragnar relay race and something that you're looking forward to and then all of a sudden that's not there anymore. Um, I think it can make training seem really daunting and make your long run seem pointless and you're like, why am I doing this? And know that you know, most of us aren't doing that. You know, you're doing a really hard thing. And if it's going to bring you joy, keep doing it. If it's not going to bring you joy and focusing on something else is, I mean, by all means, do that instead. But I hope that these mental tricks can help you kind of get through some training. And remember that you run because you love the process, not because you love the finish line, although all of us love a good finish line. But the process is what takes up your time and your energy and really impacts your life. And it's really important to enjoy that process. So I hope that these tips really helped bring you back so that you can enjoy that process. So if you are wondering what it's like to work with me one-on-one, or you have more questions about my one-on-one nutrition and fitness coaching programs for runners and non-runners as well, you're welcome to set up a free discovery call. Just head over to my website, which is fitcookienutrition.com. And there's a link there right on the homepage to set up a free call so that we can chat, learn more, see if we're a good fit for highly individualized nutrition and fitness coaching. Also, make sure to check out my Instagram page. My handle is just at fit cookie nutrition, where I post all kinds of things just like this, just like these topics we talked about today to help runners. And I really do love to focus on the mindset game because it does drive a lot of what we do. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and until then, I'll see you next time. Happy running.